How many times have you wished your kid came with a manual? When we are unsure as parents, there are so many conflicting opinions that it's overwhelming to know which way is best. Even when we're intentional, situations change, which require us to be flexible and remodel our styles to meet the needs of our families. I created this podcast to share principles and strategies that I have used in counseling and education to help parents prioritize authenticity, connection, and purpose with their kids. Welcome to Remodel Parenting. Have you ever been on social media and seen someone share a post that they write out some lines and they share an article and it's clear, it becomes clear pretty quickly that they haven't really even read the article or maybe didn't open it. Or even it's one of those satire news articles that's not true and it's just meant for entertainment, but the person took it literally and didn't take the time to really read it all, but shared it very fast because it supported something that they already believe or something that really got them fired up. And you know, the people who not only have opinions for everything, but they're really strong opinions, and there's no room to argue. And if you think differently from them, you're obviously uninformed or even stupid. I've never met a parent who said, that's my goal for my kid. I want to raise them to be an adult who who does those things. It's a phenomenon, though, that I've noticed, and I'm sure that you have too, that forming opinions now often translates very quickly to personally and deeply held beliefs or emotional connections by many people. It's the same process that we see in our kids. I want a toy, you have a toy, and I get really emotional about it because you've taken it away or I didn't get to it as fast as you did. But over the process of maturing, we would hope that those types of things grow out of our kids' lives, right? But it's really not something that naturally grows out of a kid's life or that a kid grows out of. And if anything, a lot of the way that our current cultural climate runs supports holding on to those opinions that we have as very important and very close to us. This is one of those life lessons that I think it's important for kids to learn early in response to being a good citizen and growing to be an adult who thinks beyond just themselves. And that is that just because we have an opinion and just because we can form an opinion doesn't mean that we actually care about it. It's not that we can't have deeply held beliefs or some of our opinions can't become deeply held beliefs. But responsible adults know that there's a difference between just forming a thought and an opinion and that turning into or touching really deeply held beliefs or topics on the matter. Just forming an opinion and caring about something are not the same thing. I used to spend a lot of time in my undergraduate classrooms breaking down this topic before they graduated and went out into the world. I wanted to make sure that they understood that opinions are cheap and we can form those at any moment. But we've taken on sometimes having a rapid fire process of making our opinions become deeply personal, sometimes without good reason, but just because it's the sake that we've made a decision about it. And we turn into prickly people who use criticism and sharp words to just defend what we've already thought. Now, the difference in that and caring, just forming an opinion and caring, is the willingness to put feet to action or to engage in something that we've thought about and formed an opinion about so that we are contributing to change or solutions if it's a problem that we think of or that we're supporting if it's something that we believe is right. However, we've been trained in many ways, especially through media and social media, to just react to what we see. News incites opinions and high emotions because that sells, but it puts people in feedback loops 
loops of creating their own opinions uh, on the fly and then being emotional about them from the start because of the way that they're exposed to the material to begin with. You can tell somebody is in this type of cycle or that this is their common way of working with uh, facts and information when almost any topic brings a myriad of comments and rhetoric and conversation, especially if it's harsh and critical, but there's a mismatch of actions to follow suit. So for example, um, I have you've ever known adults who really have a lot to say or frustration and complaints about how the country is run and politics, but then you find out that they don't vote, especially in local elections or contribute to, to changes in their local areas. Um, one of my favorites is hearing people who are more mature in age complaining about young people these days and how they are doing things wrong or they're not as responsible or they don't have as much going for them and don't have the same work ethic or whatever the topic of the day is. But when you dig into their concerns about young people today, you realize there's no action in making any differences through donating to organizations that help youth, volunteering at schools, mentoring young people, etc. So what's the cure for this type of issue? For us as parents and adults, first it's a look in the mirror. It's asking how are we modeling this for our children? Are we the type to word vomit just any thoughts and opinions that we have and treat them as strongly held beliefs? Are we aligning our words and actions in what we care about? Because when we don't, then we're, co we're communicating to our kids that everything I think can hold equal importance to me. And I can assume that everyone else will just treat it that way as well. In addition, it really waters down the things that we really do care about. Because when lesser issues take the same emotional priority as big issues as we're discussing them or responding to them, kids don't pick up on the fact that there are real differences in, in the midst of those. So we have to create processes for ourselves to check our own thoughts and our own language. And sometimes a lot of it is as simple as just talking less, listening more and talking less. And how often do we say that to our children, right? You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. I know I heard that growing up. So when we start that process for ourselves, we model that for our children differently and they see that. But then we also have to teach them to do the same. And so we have to really challenge our kids when they are really frustrated and really kind of angsty about what's going on. And especially a good trigger to watch for is complaining. Now, I don't know about you guys, but it really runs all over me a lot of times when I hear my kids complaining about things because usually it's just a temporary mild issue that they're inconvenienced by and they're making a bigger deal of it than maybe what they probably should. Well, it's easy to kind of snap back and say that they're being ungrateful or that they're not looking at things the right way. And perhaps that's true. But a really good way to frame complaining and address complaining with your kids is to look at it this way. Opinion or something you care about. A thought that you have or something that you want to do something about. And really challenge them to consider that and make their decisions based off of it. So for example, you can do this with kids at any age. So kids who are younger and are maybe complaining that they're bored and we never do anything fun on the weekends or there's nothing to do. 
maybe it's challenging them to ask if they're willing to plan a fun half day Saturday for their siblings, even if it's just using things at home. Have them make a list, plan the activities, make sure you have everything that you need for it, and go through the process of being the planner if they are complaining that no one is planning anything. So that helps balance it out. And it can foster this conversation too of, If you're going to complain about something, you have to be willing to do something about it. Um, That's a common rule in my house, at least, that if you're if you're going to take the time to talk about something you don't like, you need to bring at least one solution to the table um, to offer a way to do it differently. As kids get older, you can find times um, to teach this as well. Uh, one of my favorites is when kids are in their teen years and get frustrated at dress codes or other types of school rules, maybe complaining about how unfair it is or how frustrating it is. And so my question is always, are you willing to talk to leadership about it? Are you willing to take the time to write a speech and go to the school board meeting and take your three minutes of public time to speak to the leaders and ask them to reconsider? If my kids say no, then I help them understand this is an opinion. It's not really something you care about. So you follow the rules. If you really feel like it's something that you need to take care of and that really does need attention, then you have to be willing to be the one to step in. This helps them start to frame that mindset of if I'm seeing things that need to happen and I really believe that they need to happen, I should be the one to help take steps to make them happen. And if not, then I probably don't need to sit in the cheap seats and just spew criticism and frustration and spend my time that way, really ruining the atmosphere around me and my own emotional and mental state. Anytime my kids are complaining And really, when I find myself start to complaining, this is what I try to do and what I try to encourage them to do is stop and consider, is there something that can be done? And if so, are you willing to do it? If not, then it's probably a recheck in our own hearts and minds that we need to hold ourselves accountable to say, am I really just finding a place to blow off some steam or is this something I actually care about? I love this as a tool for my kids because my kids have learned over time that coming to me and telling me that they're bored or complaining about the way something is, they've learned that they're going to have me ask them, what are you going to do about it? And let me know how I can support you in that. So we have gone to the school board and talked to things about school rules, and they've seen real change. And other times we've processed through, this is really not as big of an issue as I'm feeling like it is. Maybe it's something else that I'm dealing with right now. I'll also tell you, This is a key and surefire way to deal with other adults in your lives, family members, acquaintances, people at work who choose you to complain to. Um, As an adult, I have a lot of people in my circles who also know I'm pretty uh, commonly known for asking the same question to adults when they're complaining. Tell me what you're doing to get involved. Do you really care about that issue? What organization do you volunteer for? You don't? I'd love to connect you to one. And one of two things happens. I've either seen people who I care about deeply get involved in things that they actually care about, or they find someone else to complain to. In the next episode, I'm going to discuss empathizing with others as a skill and how to foster empathy in your kids, regardless of how much they're naturally inclined to be empathic with other people. And it might help you grow some of those skills yourself. Thank you for listening to Remodel Parenting. 
If this has been helpful for you, share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss our weekly episodes. You can visit theremodelproject.com to sign up for our email list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.